Good morning and welcome to PI Answers. I'm Vicki Childs, your host for the show, and welcome to Hear Women Talk. Today, as a continuation of last week's show, we have great guests, Susan Murphy-Milano and Sandra Brown. We're going to be talking about how to make a safety plan if you need to get out of a bad relationship, how to spot a dangerous man, and how to to spot psychopaths as well, right, Sandra? We're going to we're going to talk about psychopaths and and uh, how we know when when we're in front of one. So yeah. we're going to do our continuation of domestic violence. Uh, third week now, we've talked about domestic violence. I think it's an extremely important issue, and I'm so incredibly excited to have have you, Susan, and have you, Sandra. Can we change the name? Can we? You know, it's intimate partner abuse. Intimate because partner it, because abuse. domestic denotes housekeeper, broom, sweep it up, <laughs> and and you automatically think of a woman. And this is not gender specific. It happens to men. It happens to women. That's um, true. Cases across the country. So if people started using the term intimate partner violence, intimate partner homicide, um, you know, it's the same thing with what Sandra does. It's women who love psychopaths. We think of a psychopath as, you know, that Hitchcock movie, um, you know, years ago where, yeah, she's in the shower and, right. and somebody's coming after her. That's right. not what a psychopath is. And I think that really what how we should start on that. I know this is your own show, but we should have Sandra talk about this, the signs and the, and the grocery list of the wait, shopping. Wait, and you're right, and the, the terminology is being changed to intimate partner. Where I get yeah. my, where I get my um, um, wording is from the law, and because the law refers to it as domestic violence or criminal domestic violence as it is in some states. So, yes, but you're right, it is intimate partner. But, but maybe in the missing person cases, which a lot of them are women, or they go missing and you yep. can't find their bodies, maybe in those cases, maybe if they got off the missing category and, and then automatically when there was enough information, it went to intimate partner homicide, you know, possibility. Yesterday in Georgia, after three years, Teresa Parker's body was was found, recovered. And Sam Parker, although he had been tried for the case in 2009, he was a police sergeant in, in Lafayette, Georgia. She was a 911 dispatcher. They were going through a divorce. Almost th three years later, more than three years later, her body is found. But he buries her body in a childhood area that he grew up in. These guys go to where they know. They're not going to take somebody and bury them in a river because it's going to come up or in a barrel perhaps someplace. They're going to go where they know. And that also lends into the psychopath. They're going to do and behave the way that they know, the way that they can get away with. Mm -hmm. And I think Sandra can address that. And I think you're right. Sandra, I also want you to talk about, you've written a book called How to Spot a Dangerous Man. For the women that are listening what do we do? How do we spot a dangerous man? Um, well, first of all, I, the way that I define dangerous man was any man who harmed a, a woman emotionally, psychologically, physically, financially, sexually, or spiritually. So that that's that's a pretty broad view. But a lot of women think of you know something's not broken. Uh, uh, physically, nothing has happened to them. And so danger uh, can be the emotional, the financial, the spiritual aspects as well. And I think for a lot of women, it is not recognizing up front, um, which, which is why I wrote the book, that a lot of what is termed dangerous really has a lot to do with unchangeable traits in the person. To me, as a mental health counselor, what is most dangerous is anyone who has the inability to change. So, um, you know, sometimes that's viewed as the chronic problem ha happening over and over again. 
so all relationships have problems, but <clears throat> they hit a snag. He, they go to counseling, and nothing changes. He goes on medication, nothing changes. He goes to church, nothing changes. The, the issue is that a lot of women don't understand the permanence of pathology and how that affects um, partner violence. Um, and the outcomes of that because permanent pathology has the inability to grow to any emotional depth. They have the inability to sustain positive changes, even if they go on medication, even if they go to anger management, even if they go to counseling, even if they go to better intervention. And they have the inability to develop insight about how their negative behavior affects other people. And so over and over again, when women um, are in <clears throat> dating relationships and they're starting to have problems and nothing changes, um, they begin to think it's willful behavior on his part. You know, I'm, in some cases, it might be willful, but in the really scary cases, it's more than willful behavior. It's permanent pathological behavior. So one of the red flags in the relationship dynamics is that things don't consistently change. Whatever it is problematically that's in the relationship that he says is going to change, but he can't hold it together longer than two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, um, to me raises the red flag about dangerousness. And the dangerousness is inevitable harm to anyone when they are in a relationship with a partner who cannot change by nature of what's wrong with them. Okay, so if, if, if we're giving out a, a hit list, and I use that term tongue-in-cheek, mm -hmm. but if we're using out a hit list or putting out a hit list of things to look mm -hmm. for, okay. what, are, what are some things that, that people can look for to know if there's mm -hmm. danger? Okay. Um, well, this comes right out of the the Dangerous Man book, so if anybody um, wants to take a look at that, they can. Um, doesn't respect your need for time alone. These are guys that will always push to see you um, uh, or get upset, pout, um, guilt, shame, blame um, when women try to take time for themselves. They push to see you all the time. One of the classic um, tale tell signs in these relationships is this 24/7. You know, you meet, and all of a sudden he is—he's got the gas pedal mashed down on the pacing of the relationship. He—you know—he wants to move in really fast. He wants to get married really fast. It's this 24-7 breathing each other's exhaled air. Um, it is so classic. And a lot of the women who have ended up in the worst relationships, like with psychopaths, are the ones who have had the least amount of dating time. Um, and so that, that pushing to see you all the time or pushing to move in or marry or become exclusive um, is a red flag for me. Um, and, of course, you know, they do the, all the isolating behaviors about discouraging outside interests, family or friends. So, you know, a lot of times that mask is so into you. Yeah. You know, yeah, that in the beginning of the relationship, they're just so into you that um, they just want to see you all the time or they just don't want you to 
um, be gone at all. And um, when actuality, what's happening is the isolating um, away from your normal um, friends, families, outside activities. Tell women to take a look at their life. If you took a snapshot, how similar is your life to the way it was before he came in? Mm -hmm. And what did you do to compromise it? You know, what did you do for him without him asking you? You just did it and said, oh, yeah, he just wants me to be there. And, and, oh, he just loves me so much. Ah, puke. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. um, yeah. What if, you know, if they took a snapshot of their life, what does it look like now compared to what it looked like, you know, before then? And so many women, that's a big part uh, of their recovery and what they have to work on afterwards is that they lost themselves and the totality of what their life used to be. Their hobbies, their interests, their spirituality, whatever it is, has just, you know, it's their world has become the size and shape and outline of him. Mm-hmm. And isn't it and, true, too, that most people see this long before they ever marry someone? Oh, yeah. But they don't look at it like that. No, they look they, at it like... They see you know, it and they experience it, but they, they continue he, with it he, anyway. He's got my attention. He loves me. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. He just thinks I'm, I'm the cure-all. We have to love ourselves first. And also, I can change him. I can make him not be this way once we're married. Is that right? Is that something oh, that happens I, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? Um, I I don't know how old our, our listeners are, but if they're older than 18 years old, let, let's put a cutoff on this. If you're older than 18, you're not. do not fall in love with potential. Either they cut the goods or they don't. You know, I, I, I like that. Um, don't fall don't, in love with potential. I like that. Potential. If you're older than 18 and you haven't met your level of potential, there's probably a reason why. And most of the people who have not lived up to their potential have pathology. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why at 32 years old they're still living with mom. Mm-hmm. You know, but oh my God, he's got potential kind of stuff. If he hasn't stepped up to his potential at 32, there's probably a big mental health reason why he hasn't been able to do it and she's not going to change that but what also has to happen is she has to also be careful what she does if she's been in the relationship for a little too long and been seeing him she just can't cut it off because then that's where the aggression the behavior starts it could be dangerous which brings us to your safety plan idea your go through that with us and how does somebody prepare to leave and then leave let's say they're dating and 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 sandra brings up you know a lot of great points about what has to happen when you're dating them but then to back off initially if you're if you're seeing somebody even for a couple of months um, you have to be smarter than them if if you don't see the potential there if you see the danger the red flags that are listed in how to spot a dangerous man or women who love psychopaths you have to be your own facilitator of how to kind of back out slowly I, I look at it like when I was growing up and I had I had gone back to my childhood home. My father was unloading a gun, and he was very angry because my mother had just served him with divorce papers the first time. I didn't know about this. Literally, to walk out, I took one short step and kept talking. One short step and kept talking. So at that relationship, when they're first breaking up and she wants to distance herself from him, she has to make it sound like, oh, gosh, my mom says that I have to help her with this, or my aunt is sick, or I'm going to go take this assignment over here, or you know what, I'm really not feeling very well. If she feels that the level is is dangerous, if she's not really sure his predictability of what he's going to do next, 
She has to to outsmart him. She has to be her own best storyteller, in my opinion, to keep him talking, to make him feel, until that she's so far away. And, and in those relationships where they're not married yet or they're not living, quote-unquote, together, she needs to do things, change the locks. If she can, the last time she's with him, because maybe he's inserting himself, he's got the key to the house or the apartment, she needs to take a butter knife or a file that she uses on her nails and file down that key. He's not going to know it's not there, and he's not going to know it's not going to work. It's a way to, again, he can't get back up there then. Then she's to change the locks, or perhaps I, I prefer that she move. But in those dating relationships where they become obsessed, where they become mm-hmm. just so you have to be ahead of the game. And, and giving somebody the key. If you have a, a lease on an apartment, you're responsible for that. You're letting some bozo in who you hardly know. Then if you if you give him a key, get his driver's license number. Have somebody run a check on him. Who is he? What is he? If he's been married before, courts are public records. In the clerks of the court, circuit court office across the country, you can go in and look at somebody's divorce case. Was there a... You know, and it is. It's amazing how many um, that these women never do background checks on mm-hmm. people that they date. Yeah, when I, first, well- when I first started as a private investigator, I did a lot of divorce cases. still do. But, but over the past five years, I've done a lot of premarital investigations, checking criminal history, checking address history, yeah. checking bankruptcy, and all those things, financial things, all sorts of stuff. So, Well... And women, you know, their remark to that always is, that's so unromantic. Right. Well, so is being dead. I feel like I'm intruding. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, people used to get mad at me. You know, I've, I've, I've probably had my share of dates through the years, and marriages too. Um, but through the years, I would say, give me your driver's license. And they'd say, what? I need your driver's license. Why? I said, would you let your daughter date somebody who you didn't know? He goes, absolutely not. Well, do, would you expect anything less of me? I mean, I don't, I don't understand where our standards are not. And in a relationship at the beginning of it, they plan to be with this person. They plan to do all these things. They plan to be in the relationship with them, perhaps have children. You know, someday my prince is, is coming and he's here, but that's all they see. And, again, they have to plan to exit just as quickly as they plan to get ready for that first date. Mm-hmm. And, plan, and planning to exit is, is what I want to talk about when we come back from a break because your book – Moving out, moving on, and your other book times up are are great for anybody to look at, make their plans, fill out the forms, get all their ducks in a row, just in case. Might not ever happen, but just in case. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about those safety plans and those things that you need to do. Um, so stay with us, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, my name is Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiative. <coughs> you too. <coughs> So, Sandra, one of the things I want to do, too, is talk about um, what what makes somebody a psychopath uh, and okay. and whether we're talking mostly with mostly about genetic disorders or mm-hmm. injury. You know, I always in, even my criminal justice students, I talk about Phineas Gage and how and I love Adrian Rain. I know you right. quoted him in here, too, and you've got some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and, and Diane Fishbein and, and others, but uh, mm-hmm. the brain abnormalities, whether mm-hmm. they are born that way or whether they're uh, injury induced, are mm-hmm. are critical, I think. And but she mm-hmm. should also talk to when when the family loves this guy yeah. and she 
and the and the woman goes, he's hurting me, and they say, just stay with him, he's okay. Right. I think that she should, right. that Sandra should talk about the psychopath within the unit of everybody else around him. Yeah. Because he's such a, a charismatic guy. Yeah. That no one's going to believe her, or they're going to criticize her, or or possibly tell her go away because you're crazy. He's not. Mm-hmm. How do you get around that? Yeah, and, and I think that's a great point because if you're in it, when you're in it, and you still love. How do you get around that? How do you deal with it? Well, even worse, you don't love anymore, but everybody else loves. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why she's a therapist, and I'm just the, <laughs> the layman. Yeah. All right. Cool. Hi, folks. This is Private Investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all your keystrokes? Or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone? If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at abramsforensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at abramsforensics.com. That's abramsforensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo code HWT. Welcome back to the Vicki Child Show. Our guest today, Susan Murphy Milano and Sandra Brown. I want to give out a, uh, some information here. If you want to call in with any questions for Susan or Sandra, you can call 646-652-2071. And also, if you need more information, you can go to Sandra's website, saferelationshipsmagazine.com, or you can go to susanmurphymilano.com for more information. And their books are available on Amazon.com and any other place that you ordinarily would buy a book. I promise you guys that are listening, we're not man bashing, but because most of this does deal with with men being violent against women, we're addressing it mostly that way. Well, because 97% of cemeteries are filled with headstones of women. <laughs> right, right. So we're not we're not we're not man bashing. I promise. But we we do have a lot to uh, to get through. And Susan, talk about. Moving out, moving on, and time's up. Well, you know, we're, we're Sandra Brown and, and the Institute of myself are launching, um, you know, divorceplannerinc.com after November of this year because if you think about it, look at all the shows that are on television, Wedding Planner, Bridezilla, these people are putting through all this this effort. If, if those listening remember when they got married, you know, everything that you had to do, you're paying these people big bucks to get you married, folks, to plan your wedding for that perfect day. I don't know that. There's a perfect day, but um, so why not plan out your exit strategy? Uh, whether you're divorcing, whether you have a child and there's a paternity issue with the child in the court, you need to plan just as diligently as you planned when you entered the exit plan. What is it? You just can't say, oh, if you're if you're served with divorce papers or if you're or if the person's leaving, oh, that's it. You need to have in your mind he's got a plan. You have to have a plan. Or prior to you even saying, I'm ending the relationship, I'm leaving, before he gets what I call that smell change. Somebody that is in a relationship with another person, 
you know, there's always one or the other one that knows more, that has that sense of you, that can see something. It's like when, when you take a phone call and you get bad news and, the, and you hang up and the person in the room says, well, what's wrong? Because they can see your face. Mm -hmm. When you have this secret, it somehow kind of oozes out of you and people can smell it. They can sense it. You're a little different. You're not the same. So when you plan how to end the relationship and, you're, and if it's going to be a divorce, you just can't announce it. First, you must video and do a, a document. It's called the Evidentiary Abuse Affidavit and it's in the Time's Up book. You have to do that just in case something happens to you. You have to do that to put out your wishes. Even if the police have never come to your home, if everything seemed quiet, if nobody really knew what was going on in your life, if they didn't know that you were married to a pathologist or you know somebody that had pathological issues and was narcissistic or dangerous, you still should do this. Then once you do that, then you start to plan. In the Moving Out, Moving On book, what's so cool about it is there's forms. There's different things. And Sandra and I go all over the country and talk about this all the time. That It's like a taxi meter. When you put that meter down, a lawyer is going to give you a half hour, 45 minutes free consult. That's it. An eighth of a mile, you're paying 50 to 90 bucks for that eighth of a mile ride in that office. So breathe in that air, people, because it's expensive. And then from there, you're hiring that person. That person is not hiring you. You can't go to somebody who your girlfriends went to or your, you know, somebody that gives you a referral. This person has to be right for you. You're hiring them. They're your employee, basically, during the time of this divorce. So you have to plan this out. So in the Moving Out, Moving On book, it gives you, as in Time's Up, what you need to do to save yourself. You have to gather three years of documents. You don't give them this to this person either. You find out what their fees are. You ask them for a copy of their retainer agreement. You're going to take that with you. You ask them how much divorce and child custody if you have children how much of their practice is devoted to that because if it's not if if they're if they're if they just do drunk driving cases and mm -hmm. you know it's it's joe Plummer's buddy it ain't for you no i tell Again, my clients all the time you go to a family court expert you do not go to a car attorney for is, a for a divorce and this court. is where the the divorce plan planner Inc.com comes into. You have to have an exit plan. You have to know what to do. Your credit cards, the people who, to whom you do business with, even your cell phone company, even your cable company, all of those things are recorded. Your accountant. So in the Moving Out, Moving Out book, there are letters that you send out. You ask for a certification. Let's say you are going through a divorce. There's an order of protection. You need to give the documents to the school. Give them a copy of the order of protection. Give the picture of the person you're going with. And, and put that into the school and make them sign for it that they got it because they could say they were too busy, it was in the file, nobody knew. Hold it accountable. But hold the exit of your life in that relationship just as important as when you got married. The planning of that is crucial because why should you be spending thousands and thousands of dollars to somebody who's not going to be there for your best interest? To keep going to different lawyers and saying, well, this one didn't work and that one didn't work, ain't working. It's not going to help you. If you and, and women and women spend so much time on their ability to date or attract their attraction skills and not enough on breakup skills and exit skills, which amazes me because just by nature, I, just the, the law of statistics, women are going to date many many more people that they will not stay with than the person that they will stay with. And they put all this effort in in learning how to attract and how to date and not how to exit. And, and mental and health crazy. is a big part of it, too, because you just can't do this. Um, to me, that's medicine, mm -hmm. it, whether you're taking it orally or not. But, 
you know, that's a lot of what Sandra does. And it's not armchair therapy, which I'm not a fan of. It is, it is things that you have to do. You need that support system. Because when you have a blow to something that's going on, maybe, um, you know, you're going to lose the house or maybe there's things that you didn't know about asset-wise that were supposed to be there, now they're gone. He's taking them. To, for not, have, to not have that support system really puts you in a depression, really puts you in a state of not being able to do, really gets you further in this tunnel of I can't get out. I'm in this mm-hmm. quicksand. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of these people understand also make the woman feel like, she can't ever leave. Because so there's a lawyer. You'll so, be broke. But so can a lawyer. Yeah. And I, I, some of my best friends are lawyers. Um, but so can a lawyer. They can make you feel like, I know what I'm doing. Excuse me. Again, I'm paying you three, four, five, six hundred $600 an hour. I'm sorry. That's my hard-earned dollars. You will do as I say. And, and this is and what so it's all about empowerment. Your books are about empowerment. It's about, but it's a, it's about implementing. It's not really. I don't. I well, it's empowerment, but it's empowerment to implement. You've got to you've got to feel enabled to get out and do. But you what have you're, to know what your rights are. Again, yeah, you're exactly. you're the employer now yep. for this time. Just like you were the employer when you hired that wedding planner. How many people did you go to before you got there? You know, you want the right church, you want the right pastor, you want the right flowers. Right caterer. You right caterer. Right. So why don't you have, instead of let, letting a circus-like atmosphere take place, you have these strangers now. These strangers weren't there when you got married. Yeah. They don't know anything about you. They don't know if there's abuse going on. They don't know if there's manipulation. They don't know these things. So why not go to somebody that practices that, as well as go to somebody in a support area, a support system. Like I said, if you go to saferelationshipsmagazine.com, you've got this support system, this mechanism that isn't, you don't find that very much mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. You need that. People are isolated. They live in rural areas. They wind up being abducted from mailboxes and taken just before the divorce or the custody issue takes place. You can't do certain things. You know, orders of protection by, that are given by the courts are not going to save your life. You have to do other no, things. No, because they get violated constantly. They do. It's not that, but it'll cost you your life mm-hmm. because the more charges you put on could perhaps do things that will trip his trigger to do things or her trigger to do things to escalate the violence towards you because they're angry. Look at what you've done to me. How do you take a step back? I've had to learn a lot through the years. I'm not perfect. None of us are. I've had to learn how to take steps back. I've had to learn how to not react but to act. Mm-hmm. And that's that's taken a lifetime as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Which your books are all about acting and, and taking control it's, of your own it's life. It's over 20 years right. of you know what I've learned from being on crime scenes, mm-hmm. from being in people's lives. I've been very fortunate to be at places that most attorneys or most therapists or most first responders don't get to be at. I've been able to get inside with them to get a different sense, the smell change of what happens and how to implement that so that other people can can stay alive. Sandra's done the same thing, mm-hmm. and it's not she's not just somebody who has some institute. She has someone who has the tools based on years and years of experience from cases that maybe didn't work somewhere else. She was not able to fix it, but she was able to see what the problem was, and and adjust it and correct it so that it it cannot be a one size fits all treatment, but a a model for change that's healthy and responsive to act to the situation, not to react to your situation in violence. So, Sandra, if 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 somebody recognizes all this and realizes they're in this situation and 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 admits to themselves that they're in this situation, what do they do with a a dangerous man, a psychopath? What do they do to 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 see it and to deal with it? Because these people aren't quote, normal and treatable and they're unchangeable, as you said. 
Well, I mean, first of all, I, I think it's talked a little bit about what psychopathy or a psychopath is because people have this image um, of, you know, Charlie Manson, uh, who was one. However, you know, if they all came marked between their eyes like Charlie does in, uh, with a swastika, we wouldn't have a problem. But um, given that they don't, um, uh, a lot of women assume that it, they would be noticeable to, to anyone. And they're not. They are charming. Um, they are, uh, Robert Hare, the world's leading expert on psychopathy, calls them glib um, and very superficially charming. Um, a lot of them are very successful. These, these are guys that do well in their career, given their emotional aggressiveness. They, they typically can do well um, in, in their field. And they're very um, grandiose. There's um, the pathological lying that, that goes on with them. If, you know, if their lips are moving, they're lying. Um, <laughs> they're, con- they're very cunning, manipulative. They have a lack of guilt, conscience, remorse, um, very sexually promiscuous. They have, um, they're very impulsive. Um, they tend to blow through a lot of relationships. Um, of course, they have uh, reasons why. Um, it's always her fault. Um, but but the but the snapshot, you know, of the psychopath it is not what most people think, um, and that they they fly in under the radar because we we don't know what we're looking for, and we're assuming that we're looking for something that would be really really obvious. And um, one in 25 people have no conscience. So um, there's a lot of psychopathy um, and psychopathic personality trait types of people out there. One in 25. The next time you're in a crowd, just, you know, start counting off, you know, 25. If you want a snapshot of how much pathology there is, and that's not to make people, you know, paranoid about dating, but it is to be realistic. When we think, oh, I'm not going to listen to this program because this has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. One in 25 people, if you work in a large office, there's one in there. Maybe it's your boss. I mean, pathology is not rare, I guess, is, is the point. And so being able to, to spot it um, uh, is part of the public pathology you know, education that we're trying to be part of. But once the women do spot it, then, you know, is the beginning of the issue about leaving. And the reason I really, really love Susan's um, approach and her books and her products um, is because about the safety aspect of this, that pathological um, people do not break up like normal people do. You know, if women have had a normal relationship and they, you know, she broke up with them and she said, you know, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work out, wish you well, bye-bye, and and the guy's not pathological, he'll probably say, I'm sorry too, have a nice life. And there's not drama, chaos, and danger. But as soon as you add this mental health piece of pathology um, into that mix, you have a guarantee that this person is not going to go away simply. Yeah, and you know, and the breakup of these 
you know, the court now calls the high conflict cases. I mean, there's a name for this mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're in court 67 times. Well, high conflict cases, if, if, if you psych tested them, they would be the, the people, you know, with the, uh, with the most pathology. This is Jerry Springer in court, you know, if you will. <laughs> I'm I, crack, I mean, actually. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maury in court. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're, we're coming to a break, but when we come back, I want to talk some more uh, about what you just said and also getting out of these relationships and how they are not your standard breakup and how how no i mean if you have a cavity cavity, cavity coming up you're going to the dentist get it out get it fixed get it taken care of get it repaired same thing's got to happen with this get the cavity out of your life it's bad it's going to rot your tooth and your life (laughs) okay so we'll be back in just a minute stay with us with susan murphy milano and sandra brown here on hear women talk for the zeus radio network Hi folks, this is private investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all your keystrokes? Or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone? If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at abramsforensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at abramsforensics.com. That's abramsforensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo code HWT. Welcome back. We're talking about intimate partner Violence and but I think that you know for <laughs> changing that are, the name now <laughs> intimate partner violence. I think though that that song no more black eyes no more black you don't eyes. play these songs for your health and there are words that are important. I think that's what today's show is no more black eyes, ladies. No that's more right. black eyes. no more black eyes and don't take it anymore. That's right. And and Sandra uh, back back to uh, the psychopaths and and cunning. I think from the ones that I've known professionally, and I mean usually we're talking. Uh, murder defendants that I've come across that I already knew were psychopaths, but after reading your book, I mean, I can go point by point on, on, on what, what relates to these people. And, and how do we know if we're standing in front of a Ted Bundy? They are very cunning, and they're mm-hmm. very good con artists, and they're very good yes, they at, at being suave and debonair uh, yeah. as long as they need to be in most cases. Right, right. So, so how do we know? You know, you know... Hey, I, I have worked in the field of personality disorders now coming up on 25 years. And so um, after this many years of exposure to every form of pathology you can think about, there are some red flags to me. You know, if I'm in a cocktail party, you know, uh, what, what trips up my red flag? And again, I am not, you know male bashing here. I've been married for almost 30 years, so obviously I like men. Um, but, you know, normal men are not all that charming. That's right. I, 
They, they really aren't. I mean, they don't try to be. They just... They don't come know, up to you and hit on you and go, Hey, baby, guess what my life is? What are you doing here? Right. Are you here with anybody? They, they, they're not quite that smooth. Normal folks, right? They're not smooth. They're not professional yeah. daters. They fart in public. They pick <laughs> their nose. They, you know, they... What, what's they what's the game them. that we had when we were a kid? Mystery date. There was a reason that the mystery spindle date. went around three times, and if you got the mystery date, you better go the other way. You wanted the dud, because he was the lifetime guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, but everybody wanted the bad boy in the black leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Remember, the Fonzie-looking guy was the bad boy. But, you know, um, really, um, normal people are not all that smooth. They're not like professional daters that never blunder. And so that whole issue about um, smooth is a, a, a red flag for me. Martha Stout, who's a psychologist, in her book, The Sociopath Next Door, that her professional red flag is the portrayal of the poor me victim story up front early in the relationship. Oh, my ex-wife cheated on me. Oh, I never get to see my children. Oh, poor pitiful me. Oh, I was abused as a child. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, my wife took everything. My wife took everything because most normal men would not over-disclose like that. In fact, you might be married to them for several years before they ever told you anything like that. And so if they come to you at a party with the shirt ironed onto their back and you just don't see the burn of the iron on there when they take off their jacket, but you have to be able to see and smell that that what this person is saying, run the other way. Because everybody comes with two 50-pound suitcases. It's nice so that a normal guy isn't carrying that kind of baggage and his shirt's not burnt. That's a good point. Well, but you know what? Um, I had psychopaths in group therapy um, long before I knew you shouldn't waste your time. Um, But in group, I asked them, I said, "How how do you pick? You pick. How do you select? And they talked about over disclosure by women and rapid disclosure. Shut up and listen, and the women will start talking. And then they, they, um, they would do small boundary violations, be late, borrow 10 bucks, not pay it back, um, looking for women, um, that did not respond, that showed high levels of tolerance for, for boundary violations and women that were highly empathetic. So, Playing that victim trump card early up front in a relationship is them testing out levels of empathy. And we know that a lot of the women who do end up in these relationships have tested um, with really high temperament traits in hyper-empathy. So, um, you know, that needs to be a red flag. And and they see them as a a kitten they can take in and... And, and love and well, women I, with hyper empathy don't under, don't know what it's like to never to not have had that much empathy. Mm-hmm. And so, if ladies, you have ended up in a relationship with a narcissist, a psychopath, an antisocial, and you're out, thank God. You know, part of your your recovery and your risk factor is to funnel that empathy somewhere. You know, not in your personal relationships. And it's not on Facebook or the Internet either. 
Pity is not passion. That's right. Mm -hmm. If you feel sorry for someone, they should not be in your bed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that um, go volunteer at the homeless shelter. Go help (laughs) dogs. Um, I I mean, really, a lot of the women that have this type of empathy, if they don't funnel it somewhere, it it comes out in what we call in psychotherapy sideways. You know, that it ends up coming out wrong and where they start trying to funnel it into their personal relationships. So many of my clients are professional caregivers. They're nurses. They're other psychotherapists. They're uh, female physicians. Yeah, they're in that business because they are empathetic. Because they have hyper-empathy, and they have ended up crossing the boundary and taking, you know, um, pathological patient-like people yeah. into their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. So if they, you know, if, if you're a professional caregiver, if the person theoretically or emotionally could be your patient, that's a red flag. That's right. I had said last week on the show that, that I had, one of the times that I got married, I had um, went ahead and married somebody who drank, and I, I that was my rule, don't do it. But he made me laugh so much. I was so happy that I bypass my own rules. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what happens with the caregivers. They bypass their own rules and say, oh, but there's something about them I fell in love with. Right. That doesn't work. And and then it was dangerous to get out, to move forward, to mm-hmm. you know back up and get out the door with my life because I didn't realize what would trigger him and what wouldn't. And I had one shot to go. And that's that was, and I felt very bad. I felt embarrassed by that. Mm-hmm. I felt, me, how could mm-hmm. this happen to me? But I never said I was the love relationship. I always said I was. I am the violence expert in safety relationship prevention. But we don't always take our own advice, caregivers and, mm-hmm. and therapists and nurses and people out there in the field. Mm-hmm. We think, oh, we know how to fix them. We know how to do this. And I didn't see that until I had taken a step back. Like I said, I was always, I'd make jokes about not getting into relationships with these people because I'd say, look at my nails, they're long, I wear high heels, these are weapons, people. Um, And I could take the back of my hair and tie your hands up like handcuffs if you come across me. But really, I didn't realize or take my own advice or or open that other side of my brain up. And I think that that's what, what the Institute does and what Sandra does is she makes it palatable for everybody. You know, you can't bring back what happened before or mm-hmm. the day before. Mm-hmm. That's why everybody's every, every day is new. There's a reason for it. Which is great and why we want to do this show is so we can educate people to look out for those signs and also not let themselves be a victim. In, in your book, Time's Up, um, it, you talk about what to do, of course, and how to get out and when to leave. But but if you don't recognize it before you marry the person, or you overlook it because it's not that well, bad. Well, you're going to overlook it because you're 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 running. They're running for office to be in your life. But then, when is time? When is the time up? The time is up before you, when you have that little thought in your head. You know what? Uh, that something's not right. I'm I'm a little afraid, or he's yelling at me in a different way, or he's acting strange, or I don't like how he's manipulating my time, telling me I can't do something. Where have I been? Then right then and there. You need to prepare the evidentiary abuse affidavit. I know it sounds crazy. I know that perhaps, like I said, the police may not have responded to your home. But you have to have something in place because at any moment, guys like this who are also pathological are bound to snap mm-hmm. in any given time. A lot of these cases that we read about in the tragedy, in the aftermath, no one knew anything. The family didn't know anything. He just snapped. Well, somebody just doesn't wake up and snap. You get these signs, but you're you're oblivious to them. You don't want to see them. So what you have to do is 
go ahead and prepare this. The, the form that's in the book, we have an example on SusanMurphyMilano.com of what the evidentiary abuse affidavit is. Put it on flash drives or CDs or get it out of the computer or make them someplace else, the library, make them at somebody's home. Use your cell phone if you can. Um, use your iPod if you can. Make this video and, and make four or five copies and keep them in a safe place where he can't get to them. And then over time, start to look at things. Start to put a plan in place. But at the same time, you've kind of got to be Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Click your heels and say, I'm going to go home. I'm going to be safe. Again, it's a smell change. You don't want them to know what's going on. So as you're slowly trying to figure out what's going on, you're slowly trying to make a plan. Maybe you were in bankruptcy. Maybe you, you can't leave. You've got to give yourself a year's time then to say, okay, I'm going to do this. You need to be the best actress in the world to do this. You have to take a step back and look at what's going on. You have to take a step back and figure out who you can trust. Because sometimes, in the book I talk about your selected circle of people that you bring on, maybe that one person that's in your selected group that you think you can trust, it's going to go back to him because they don't know what's going on. And they're going to say, oh, Janie says that, you know, your marriage is in trouble and I'm here to talk to you. Maybe you could do something, maybe a bath at night or rose petals on the floor. Yeah, um, or they'll tell their husbands who play golf with the guy. Yeah. And then they'll... Yeah, I got a secret. Right. You, you have to be very selective as to who you choose. Is there ever a time, though, when you, when you don't, when you don't take these weeks or months or a year to get all your stuff in order, is there ever a time when you say, I am so out of here, and you go to Mama's or you go somewhere? You better you do be the safe. evidence abuse affidavit and document first because, again, he can stalk you, he can track you, he can do things. You know, the cell phones, it talks about it in the book, that are... And, you know, you know it, it, if any of the women have read either the How to Spot a Dangerous Man book or the Psychopath book, and they see their guy in one of my books, they need to do the, the evidentiary abuse affidavit. Mm -hmm. These are the guys that go on to do that because these are the guys, by nature of their disorder, have impulse control problems. When we ask, who does this, the answer is um, those with the most pathology. And if you can spot your guy in my either the Dangerous Man book or the Women Who Love Psychopaths book, then you are in a relationship with someone who has impulse control problems and who has the highest risk of perpetuating injury or lethality. And to do it. And, and technology is so mm -hmm. important because in your cell phone you can be tracked. In your car you don't know if there's a device on there. And Time's Up talks about that. The technology is going faster in some ways than I can get to all the people out there who need this. That's why the book mm -hmm. is so important. You have to be ten steps ahead of him. How are you going to do that? Right. Disable the phone. Figure it out. Because stalking is, is much different now than it used to be. It's not just a physical thing but or he's, in-person thing. It. it can it's, be on the phone. It's a jungle out there. Mm -hmm. There's He's the mm -hmm. tiger. He's going. You're his prey. I had a client who came to me one time, and this was a guy she had dated. Uh, they weren't even married, but she came and she said, everywhere I go, he shows up. How does he know that I'm there? And we had our computer forensically analyzed, and sure enough, he had he had uh, sent her an email, which she opened, and it installed software on her computer. And he knew every email she sent or got, and every website she went the to, and every that you plan can pay she for made. That. It's twelve ninety five a month. It's worth it to these guys. Absolutely, and and they do Hi. it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to wrap up with some some thoughts and and uh, talk about your times up playing a little bit more. Um, stay with us on Hear Women Talk. Produced and broadcast by the Zeus Radio Network. I'm Vicki Charles, and we'll be right back. 
Hi folks, this is Private Investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all your keystrokes? Or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone? If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at abramsforensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at abramsforensics.com. That's abramsforensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo code HWT. Thank you, Destin, with the music and Susan for... For the bringing up that song, that's great. Well, that's that should be the theme song. It should be the theme song. That's right. You don't own me. (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to say. You can put that in your uh, your uh, your leaving plan. You just play it the whole time. That's right. That's right. That's all I have to do in my presentations. That'll work. That's right. It's all you need is keep hearing that song over and over and over. That's right. So, uh, Susan, wrap up for us about leaving, about times up, about getting the hell out of Dodge, and 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 going on with your life. You know. We don't have a crime reporting category as to how many women there are because it's very embarrassing. Just like having to go to a mental health professional, we just don't see these things as, as useful, but they are. And, you know, threats that are being made against your life, incidents of past abuse that maybe you've endured. Um, we don't often want to admit how many times that that is. We're not asking in this Time's Up book for you to display to the world what's going on. We're asking you to exit with, with safety so that you can get out with your life. I am tired of writing about all these women who died. I am tired of picking up the children who have to then go on and and then become themselves victims in some way because they have no hope. The only way you're going to get out of your relationship is, is if you facilitate ending the abusive relationship. Chapter 1, it really goes into it. It goes into the mindset of these guys. It goes into what to expect, what not to expect. But you have to, first of all, get a hold of yourself and get out of your own way. He's put all these blinders and obstacles and boulders so that you can't move, you can't breathe. Mm-hmm. He's made you feel less than. And what in Time's Up does is it basically teaches you how to collect evidence on the fly. It basically teaches you how to be your own best detective. It, it also teaches you what to do when you're um, stopping your cell phone service, your, your uh, cable service, the people that you do business with, your credit card companies. If you've never had credit before, then try to establish it. Maybe ask a friend or a family relative, if you can, usually it's a family member, to go ahead and co-sign with you on that. Start changing your mailing address. You also have to be careful, even when you send, as simple as sending out a letter, if you put the wrong address on it and it comes back to you, mm-hmm then you're in trouble. You're caught. So something as simple as sending out your mail to make these requests, to make these changes to your personal information, to your credit cards, yeah, to the billing. Yeah, go get yourself a P.O. box. And but but mail, the, mail that from someplace else. Yeah. Put the return address someplace else. Don't use your own. Right, just get a P.O. box or one of those. And even when you change and you, you've moved, and, and what happens is that the mail carrier brings it but then says that the postal information that you filled out when you changed your address will come back and they'll get the new one. You don't want that recorded. Do not fill out a change of address at the U.S. Postal Office because if it's a bank, if it's your ex-husband, if it's somebody that you want, it will come back and say, return to sender with where the new address could be, Mm -hmm. or the postman will send it back and say, here's the new address here. Well, or they'll do an address request. Yes. uh, 
New address request. Again, it's, it's the tactics of these guys. It's thinking yeah. about what you have to do. And again, in hiring a lawyer, that's your employee. Yeah. The accountant, that's your employee. Get these documents ahead of time financially because that's important as well. You need to know what there is, what there isn't, because it is likely that you are also responsible and liable. You can't say, I didn't know he ran the business. I just didn't know. But if you, he's most interested in securing his own dowels and dishes in your life. He's most interested in when you're going to end the relationship, how dare you? Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't listen to me, I'm going to work with the kids and get them on my side. I'm going to go ahead and say that you're an unfit mother. I'm going to file an order of protection. I'm going to file, I'm going to try to get you Baker Act into a mental facility for 72 hours so I can show that in court. They're going to do all these things. You have to be strong, be prepared, and figure out what's the best situation. This isn't a one-size-fits-all. You can't, you know, and then while you're doing all this, God forbid, and, and this is so important, don't start another relationship, I say, for 12 months. Mm -hmm. Don't get involved with anybody. Also, that inflates or it, it inflames the person who's violent. Right, right. So let yourself heal. Get away. Let yourself what you, heal. What, you can't even be a mother to your own children. No, no. It's too toxic. Yeah. So the things that you have to create and do and put together, like I said, before you say divorce, but, but it's like going into a, a court of law for you, a traffic violation. Do you really know what's going to happen? Do you know that if you have your own lawyer that, you know, they get those cases done first and then without a lawyer they have everybody sit at the end and then they tell you, you know, whether you're going to get to go watch a movie or you're going to pay a fine. Again, it's about not knowing. And you have to have a plan, just the same plan that you did when you were going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. What name are you going to call them? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what name are you going to select once you leave? Are you going to keep your maiden name? Are you going to keep your married name? You have to look at all sides of this. You have to look at every single oozing and leaking that could happen and be prepared for it. But you also have to have mental health services. You also have to know who you're dealing with because they become dangerous. Yeah. When so s stop thinking about um, being scared and take action and get out. Oh, what's he going to say or what's he going to do? Screw that crap. Right. You have to stop worrying about everybody else and start worrying so worry about, about yourself. and your kids. Sandra, um, if we find ourselves in that, in that relationship, with this person, uh, how can we safely disarm that person to the point of getting away, like Susan said, so that we can safely do that? Well, um, like Susan says, um, the biggest issue is not to alert them to the changes that you're getting ready to make, which is uh, easier said than done because these guys have um, a sixth sense. How do you think they con and manipulate? Because they have you know, uh, super engaged radar. And so um, their ability to sense that change is more sensitive um, than, than you believe. So <clears throat> I think Susan's books and products um, are a really great step. Like I said, if you have, um, if you can, uh, with what we described here today sounds like your guy. He probably is one of those with an impulse control problem, and you cannot assume that leaving that relationship is going to be like it was for you when you left a relationship with someone who was not pathological. Mm -hmm. um, and, and even with non-pathological people, the end of a relationship is extremely stressful. And, and you will see the worst behavior from people. Because it's a reaction to rejection. Or not. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So don't assume that his highest level of functioning is, is going to be present. You have to assume the lowest part of functioning, that even people who aren't 
um, pathological at all get kind of vengeful, can get vengeful at the end of the relationship. So women, you know, often think he would never do that because his job is so public. Look at O.J. Simpson. We started that with, what, 1994. O.J. Simpson, he would never do that. He's a great football player, Heisman Trophy winner. Right. Great yeah, guy. Or he's a cop. Right. Or he's an attorney. He would never do that. And yeah. that has nothing to do with anything. Poor impulse control is poor impulse control. It is not associated with money or career. Right. Doesn't matter who so you it are. Doesn't matter and, who you are. And, and well, and you have to. We're, I, no, I, I would love to talk about this for hours. We're running out of time, but I, I want to leave people with not only. Susan's books, and you can go to SusanMurphyMilano.com. You can also go to Sandra's website, SafeRelationshipsMagazine.com, for more information. I've, I've loved covering this topic for the last three weeks, and I, I hate that we even have to, but it's one of those problems that's out there. So if you find yourself in a situation or know somebody that's in a situation, please have them protect themselves and their kids first. You know, Get the books. Do the research. Find out what you need to do to be safe and to deal with a, a psychopath. Uh, a dangerous man, get out and and do it the, the safest and best way that you can with the most information and the best information uh, I hope we've been able to provide for you and both in the books and in the, the content of our discussions here. So please take care of yourselves. Um, I want to encourage you to join us next week. We're going to have Dr. Dorothy Edwards on from livethegreendot.com. And we're going to talk about bullying and stalking and how to prevent yourself from being a victim in any kind of situation where uh, where that's involved or, or uh, violence or of any kind is involved. So stay with us next week. Um, come back, join us. And Susan, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And Sandra, thank you so much for being with us. I really, really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thanks for being with us on Hear Women Talk, produced and broadcast by the Zeus Radio Network, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>